You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, guys? I'm back this episode. I know I missed last episode, but I'm here today. I'm with my boy, Ed. And before we get started, I would love for you guys, if you subscribe and follow us on podcasts, Apple Podcasts, all those platforms, Twitter, follow us, subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, I want to thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now, Ed, I know you got into it yesterday. But I kind of I kind of want to get my takes in there a little bit about the game, you know. So can you give me before I start? I would like a little refresher on how you felt about it. So what was your takes? So yeah, I mean, it unfortunately it ended as a Sam Decker revenge game. I know um, it was looking like the Isak Bonga revenge game at first, but um, it really was the 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 Kyle Kuzma on Kuz control or Kuz mania. I thought this was his best game by far. I was happy. I mean, for you to get that bold prediction, correct. That was hilarious. Um, <laughs> because I was laughing. I was like, you know, cause, cause Kuzma didn't play really. He didn't play well at all in the first or I wouldn't say he didn't play well at all, but it was looking a little rough for him. He was out of control. Like we talked about the fast breaks where he was just fumbling all over himself, double dribbling. Um, I was just like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But now nah, you, you spoke it into existence, man. He came out there. He played well. 24 points, his six threes. That's the coups that we want to see. And if he plays like that, then that's what we need to make a playoff push. If when Rui comes back, if coups can hit shots like that and, and can create and get to the basket and Rui's out there playing well as well, that's two long wings out there that can really be disruptive offensively and defensively. So I love what I saw from coups. Uh, Gaffer with a double double. Um, I like the things what I saw, but the ending of the game definitely concerned me. Um, letting Sam Decker go crazy like that, letting um, Flynn from the from the uh, Raptors. I still don't know his first name, but Flynn did whatever he felt like doing towards the end of the game. So we got to clean up. Three point defense is still a concern for sure. Um, Scotty Barnes looked good. I thought Denny looked good. I thought a lot of the guys looked good. Uh, Harold is Harold. Harold's been just he's been great so far through this preseason. So. I, there were some positives, and Bradley Bill was bad from from the field. What was he, one for 11? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely want to get your take because, you know, you weren't here yesterday, so definitely want to hear, you know, definitely what's your prediction. If you guys are betting, definitely listen to D because he is a smart man. <laughs> all I got to say is Kyle Kuzma, we all been waiting. I've been waiting. Like I said in a previous episode that we made, I had a bold prediction that Kyle Kuzma would score 15 points shooting over 50% from the field. And he did do that. He did more than that. Kyle Kuzma scored 24 points, shooting 8 for 12 from the field, 6 for 8 from 3. I was very impressed. He looked smooth. He looked comfortable. He wasn't passing up shots like Wes Unsell Jr. said after the Knicks game, I believe, that he felt like Kyle Kuzma was passing up looks, and he didn't want him to do that. Kyle Kuzma was stepping into his threes. He looked like he he was a new man coming from those first two preseason games with the Wizards, and that's what Wizards fans wants to see from him. You know, I, he he caught a lot of slack at times coming from L.A. because he was a on-and-off type of guy. Sometimes he looked great. At other times, you want the guy on the bench. 
and that's going to be one big thing for him, in my opinion, is just being consistent. He can't have a game like he had against the Raptors, and then the next game go back to looking like how he did in the first two preseason games because that's a quick way to get fans irritated and annoyed with you know your play style because one thing fans love to see is consistency within a player. You know, that's one thing we get from Bradley Bill. You know, even though today he struggled, but for the most part, you know he's giving you at least 20-plus points, at least 20. So for Cal Kuzma, I'm so happy for him. I'm happy I was right on my prediction. <laughs> Caldwell Pope, my guy, another former Laker went off again too. He had, I believe, five for eight from the three, five for eight from the field, and 15 points. That's what we want, shooting. Shooting, shooting, shooting. And for Bradley Bill to have the poor shooting day that he had and the Wizards pick up the slack offensively, I'm happy with that because it shows that Bradley Bill can have an off day and he doesn't need to drop 40, 50 points for the Wizards to stay in a basketball game like last year and possibly still come out with an L. It shows that the Wizards have actually improved on their depth with the team. So that's a beautiful thing to see. Daniel Gafford, my boy, with the big double-double, yeah, 14.17 <laughs> rebounds. That's what we love to see, grabbing those rebounds, just energy. Same with Montrez Harrell. We already, I talk about him every time they play a game. Montrez Harrell, Daniel Gafford. I mean, I love what I'm seeing from my two bigs, man, coming off the bench for Montrez and starting with Daniel Gafford. I love what I'm seeing from DG and Montreal, so I will continue to shout them out. Spencer Dinwiddie, he looked good, 10 points, three for nine from the field. Him and um, Daniel Gafford in the pick and roll, of course, they look nice, it looked good. And to finish it off, the Wizards, I spoke about keeping them at least below 45%. They, they, they held the Raptors to 42% from the three. So, I mean, yes, in the fourth quarter, et cetera, the issue is, they let the Raptors hang around, and the Raptors were missing a lot of key guys. So you can say that's an issue. But I will say, as far as individual players, I'm happy to see what I've seen from guys like Cal Kuzma, et cetera. But before we get to our next segment, I would like to speak about Sweat Block. If you were watching the end of that Wizards-Raptors game, you probably were a little sweaty. You wanted the Wizards to come out. It's still warm out in D.C. Sweat block is doctor created, doctor recommended, works out for seven days per use, dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. Future and test it on the Rachel Ray show by firefighters. And it's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13K reviews. And it is also currently number one in Amazon anti-perspirant category and manufactured in the United States of America. And you can get Sweatblock today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on and also buy it at Amazon and CVS. And once again, guys, I want to thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, Ed, after the game, Cal Kuzma made some interesting comments, I would say. He said, don't expect it game one. We're making strides, but we're a long ways away still. And not a lot of times you hear that honesty coming from a player, you know, 
at all on certain teams. So how do you feel about those comments post game? He was honest, and it is going to take time. We got a lot of new guys. We got the three new Lakers guys, Aaron Holiday, drafted Kispert. Um, we got a lot of new pieces, and it, it is going to take time. The unfortunate part is I think this year is the, really the year where you have to come out the gate swinging, where we've had a lot of slow starts. I want to say we started 2-8, and eight, or we were 0-5 last year. You know, Russ was hurt, and we lost five games in a row. Um, and even some of the years with John Wall, where we had Nene and Gortat, you know, we started off bad and then we would go on a tear and we ended up with, what, 49 wins that our best season with with uh, with John Wall. Uh, so historically, the Wizards, we just have had slow starts. But I think this year specifically, we have to jump off to a good start because the trade deadline is so important for Bradley Bill. Does he want to stay? Does he want to leave? Because if we're bad, if we're below five games, Going into the trade deadline, it's not going to be good. I just feel like Bradley Bill, he might want out, or we might have to think about rebuilding and trading guys and letting guys go. Um, but it is important. It's very important to have a fast start. But I think Kuzma is telling – he's being very honest. Getting that chemistry is going to take time. And we have a first-year head coach. you got to take that into account too. So, uh, Wes, so I think he's going to be an upgrade from what we had, of course. But there's still going to be a learning curve with Wes. So everybody's learning each other. Um, getting used to each other, we, and we're gonna have Thomas Bryant coming back too. So, so many forwards. So it's just a lot of guys to get chemistry with. So I, I like this answer. It was an honest answer, and it's gonna take time. So it's not gonna be perfect coming out. But I do think this team definitely is a playoff or a playing team. So it will be interesting to see how things shake out. And it took Kuzma basically three games to get comfortable in the preseason. And um, so if, if we come out to a hot start. That would be great, but I am prepared for kind of like a, a medium start where we're like maybe five and five coming out the game. Five and five, I wouldn't be mad at that as long as we're not below five hundred by like five games. So it's going to take time for them to learn, learn each other, and learn from each other. Yeah, I agree with you. I think coming from where Kyle Kuzma came from, you know, despite all the the memes and all the critique. And scrutiny mm -hmm. of his play with the Lakers, he still is an NBA champion. He still won an NBA Finals with the Lakers. He still was on a team with LeBron James. So he's been around it. He's been around a winning culture. He's been around one of, if not the best player in NBA history. And he knows he's seen him in the gym. He's seen him lead the team. So Cal Kuzma definitely know coming from, you know, winning the Finals with the Los Angeles Lakers to the Washington Wizards. I'm sure he sees things on the court within his own play as well and in the locker room, et cetera, where when you're comparing it to where you came from with LeBron, et cetera, it's, a, it's probably a nice little drop off there. So I definitely understand. I respect the honesty. And like you said, you got a first year head coach, Rui Hachimura, just came right. back, probably yeah. won't be starting to start the season. It's you have defensive issues, which we've seen in games like against the Raptors. You have Pascal Siakam not playing. Van Vliet was not playing. OG Ananobi was not playing. And the Wizards, they pulled away at times and went on little runs, but they let the Raptors continue to stay in the game, and that led to their eventual downfall in the end, which they lost. So, And I'm sure Cal Kuzma took note, take, has taken note of all that. And... It's an honest assessment. I think it's a correct assessment, and I agree with him. So 
Kyle Kuzma, I respect the honesty. I think a lot more players, you know, don't like to be that bluntly honest about their team, you mm-hmm. know, but it's realistic. And I think it gives the fan base a realistic view from a player on the inside looking out. So before yeah. we get into our next topic, I know, Ed, you have a message from our sponsors, Bet Online. What do you have for us? Yeah, so the Eagles, the Eagles play against the Bucks tomorrow night, and uh, it's going to be a big-time game. Um, so you guys put your bets in. The Eagles are seven-point dogs. I got to look at the over-under for that. Um, but I, I personally, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So I would take the over on that. I think it's going to be in the 30s. Uh, Washington football team. I mean, we're playing the Chiefs. I, you know, the spread on that is seven as well. So we both got some tough games. So you guys can definitely put your bets in on Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including NFL, NBA, and all your UFC action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. The promo code is locked on. Just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. You guys, you guys can find us on all podcasts and platforms. Yes, you sure can. And Ed, before we got started, you were calculating some stats. You were calculating some field goal percentages from some guys. I want to get into who has impressed and who has not impressed you in the first three games. So who has impressed me? Um, I think for me to start off would be uh, Montrose Harrell. I think he's a guy that brings something different to the table. Uh, We haven't had a bad guy on the team, when I mean bad guy, kind of like an enforcer, somebody, you know, Marquise Morris was part of that last guy who was mean, uh, didn't mind getting an attack, getting physical with somebody, getting up in somebody's face. Um, just that different dynamic of intensity. I keep saying junkyard dog every day. I'm going to beat that to death. But that's just what Harold is. Um, we need some mean guys, some aggressive guys um, that are going to be physical and willing to push guys around in the paint. And that's what he does. Former six man of the year. I looked at his numbers. He averaged. So through three, through three preseason games, Montrezl hero has averaged 14 and seven, which is on pace. You know, he's not playing 30 minutes like he did that six man of the year uh, season, but he's averaged around like 20, 25 minutes per game. Him and Gafford split minutes. And he's going to be huge for this, for us this season, because I love Daniel Gafford. I definitely think he should start. Of course, but foul trouble has been his Achilles heel and stamina has been his Achilles heel. And if I think he is going to improve on that, he did show improvements on, on fouling and he did show uh, improvements on stamina. He played Gaffer played 27 minutes last night, which is pretty high for him. And he had a career high in rebounds with 17 rebounds. So that's huge for Gaffer playing 27 minutes. Because Scotty Brooks would cut him off really at like 20 minutes, really 15 to 20 minutes. He would cut off Gaffer last year. But Marshall Hero impressed me. I mean, he had a double-double 18 and 10. Last night he had 17 and 2. First game against the Rockets, he had 9 and 11. So um he's he's played his butt off, man. He's he's a he's a and he takes charges too. He's willing to put his body on the line and take charges. He is undersized, and you know, guys, other bigs are able to shoot over him. That's like the downfall about his game. But um, 
he's not able to really stretch the floor. But other than that, he, he brings toughness to this team, man. And I love the energy. I think I think DC fans are going to love what they're going to get from Montrose Hero. He's going to be a guy that can get the crowd involved, just like how Thomas Bryant gets the crowd involved, get guys hyped. I think Montrose Hero is going to be able to bring that same energy. Yeah, I agree. I mean, number one, I got to go with Montrose Hero. I feel like he's been the most consistent player on the team throughout the preseason. He's brought the same energy. He's brought the same toughness every single game. He is one of the vocal leaders on the team, and he's showing that with his play on the court as well, with that toughness and that energy off of the bench. Daniel Gafford, I'm Mm -hmm. not surprised that he's on my impress list. (laughs) Like the game he had today, the big double-double, 14.17 rebounds. That's huge for him. You know, keeping the fouls down as well. Making sure, and I will always harp on that, keeping the fouls down. Make sure we do that. We get more of these 14 and 17 games. That's beautiful. The pick and roll chemistry with him and Spencer Dinwiddie looks amazing. The blocks are amazing. The energy is amazing. To go from Daniel Gafford starting and having that athleticism and that energy to Montrez Harrell, to that athleticism and that energy is no drop off there. You know, last season you had Daniel Gafford and then you would go to Alex Lynn or Robin Lopez. Those are just two completely different styles, you know. So it's great to have another guy who can just bounce off of energy. There's no energy drop off there. There's no athleticism drop off there. There's two athletic guys, two high energy guys, guys who love to run, rim run, guys who love to run the pick and roll, guys who love to block shots and get rebounds. I love it. And my third guy for impressed, I got to go with Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, He hasn't had a crazy high-scoring game or anything like that, but I think he's shown us in the half court great work by him. Pick and roll with Daniel Gafford has been great by him. Facilitating has been great by him. He's shown that he can get his own shot as well. I love the pickup, and it's crazy going from a guy like Russell Westbrook to Spencer Dinwiddie because the play styles are just different. They're completely different, but I think the team – has been doing very well with adjusting to Spencer's play style in West Unsell, um, West Unsell Jr. system. The ball doesn't stick as much anymore. We've seen, for example, in the second quarter with Denny Avdia, who I didn't bring up earlier when I was reading off stats, it's kind of started with him where they swung the ball and it led to an open Kyle Kuzma three. I mean, and it kind of floated on Twitter a little bit. So Spencer Dinwiddie, Montrez Harold, Daniel Gafford, guys I'm very impressed with. If I had to say somebody who I wasn't impressed with, if Kuzma didn't have another if he didn't have the game he had, <laughs> it would it would have been Kuzma, but he kind of saved himself with that game that right. he had. Um yeah. but, but I mean, jump, to jump into your Dinwiddie point too. Mm-hmm. I love what I saw. And I'm I'm really mad at myself. I didn't bring up ball movement earlier because that's something that we lacked last year. We were ranked what 27th mm-hmm. or 29th in passes per game. You know, that's mm-hmm. you know, it's because some of it was on, you know, Scotty. I'm bringing up Scotty so much this episode, but some of it was on Scotty, and some of it was just the play style of Russell Westbrook. So we have different personnel, like you're saying with Spencer. Spencer's going to be a guy that's going to move the ball. He's not going to dominate the ball like like we had last year. And, and some of the offenses that Scotty ran was just isolation heavy and that's what west is trying to change more ball movement get guys more involved 
like you were saying, Denny, Denny did a post up. We didn't see a lot of that last year. So that's very mm-hmm. different seeing him do that post up on Drogic, kicking the ball out to KCP for a wide open three. He can do the same thing to Kuz, who can shoot threes, the same thing to Bill, who can shoot threes. Uh, Rui, Rui is not, he, Rui's improving from the three. Bertans, if he's in Kispert. So that was interesting. But like you're saying, Gaffer averaged 10 points and eight boards. I didn't calculate his blocks. Um, but he he had he only had two fouls in the game against the Raptors, and I want to say only one foul in um, the game against the Knicks. So he did a lot better with that and minutes as well. But um, Dinwiddie, like you said before, he averaged twelve points and five assists per game, um, and he he was he shot forty percent from the three point line. And a lot of people were concerned about his three point shooting coming in because he shot thirty one percent from the three in the year with the Nets, where he averaged twenty and seven. But it's a small sample size, so he shot four for 10 in three games. But that's a good start, 40% from the three, and he took some good shots. And he he took some tough threes, too. I like what I saw from Dinwiddie. Yeah, I agree with you. And you're you're the guy with the stats, man. You know, you do a great (laughs) job with that. Yeah, I I had to calculate it because they didn't put (laughs) this is the preseason. So I had to just, you know, calculate. It's the only three games, but I just took the time out and calculated yeah, I definitely get that. Uh, my next topic that I do want to get into, though, were there any lineups in the game that interested you at all? Um, I did like the starting lineup. Um, and then, yeah, we do. We, we, we got to get I'll, – I'll talk about who didn't impress me either. Oh, but, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead and get into that first. Go ahead oh, and get yeah, into yeah, who yeah. didn't impress yeah, not, you not, first before we get to the yeah. lineups. I'm sorry. We're not gonna. We're not going to let these guys off the hook. Some guys didn't play well. <laughs> Um, studs and duds. Uh, I, I would, I would, I would somewhat add KCP. I like what Aaron Holiday did the first game, and then his plan time tailed off. So I'm not going to add him to who impressed me, but he certainly impressed me in the first game. And then he didn't play mm-hmm. as well in in the game against the Raptors. But um, Corey Kispert is on my list of guys who didn't impress mm-hmm. me. Now he he did have a good first game where he started. And I know this is a debatable thing right here. He's a rookie, so there's going to be a lot of learning from him. Honestly, I do see him playing in the G League. Um, but I, I, I can see it going either way. I think he might be the odd man out. Because I think I think what they're, I think what they're going to end up doing is having Bertans play over Kispert. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're going to have Bertans play over Kispert right now, just looking at the rotations. It could go either way because Kisper is able to do more. He can put the ball on the floor, and he's just more mobile. Then uh, he's mo- way more of a playmaker than, than Davies Bertans. But um, through three games, Kisper shot 14% from the three-point line, and he shot 31% from the field, which is which is really underwhelming. Um, the second the game against the Knicks, he was 0 for 3 from the three-point line. He was 0 for 5 from the three-point line against the Raptors. He was 2 for 6 from the Rockets from the three-point line. So he, he struggled overall. He was seven for 22 from the field, which is 31%. A lot of his threes were flat. And you, you can see that in the summer league too. A lot of his misses were flat. And I said last night, I don't know if he's getting used to the NBA three, but when you watch his college tape, he was knocking down threes from like the park a lot too. So yeah. I don't think that's going to be a problem for him in the NBA. I think mm-hmm. and it takes, it takes time for shooters to, to develop, you know, Kyle Korver, he didn't come out firing on all cylinders. Doug McDermott, it took him some time to develop. You know, Doug, Doug McDermott's played on like three or four teams already now, so he's bounced mm-hmm. around the league. J.J. Redick, it took him some time. Um, so just comparing him to other guys who are shooting specialists, 
Um, it, it's, it's normal for guys to take some time. I saw some people on social media overreacting to Corey Kispert, you know, going on the pick. But I, I personally, I like the pick at 15. I know there's some other guys that could have went at 15, you know, but I, I, I still like the pick. It's, it's three preseason games. Like I said, 14% from the three-point line is not good at all. And 31% from the field is not good. But um, I, I still believe in Corey Kisper. Is, is there anybody else that didn't impress you? I, I pretty much agree with your list. Bertans, Kisper, I would say those will be my main two guys mm-hmm. that I would say of you went into the reasoning already. Yeah. But yeah. Kisper, Bertans, I probably would say on my top two for not impressed. Yeah. Not and I wrote down Bertans shooting percentages. He So the first game, he was one for six from the three against the uh, Rockets. Same game, he was one for six again from the three-point line against the Knicks, and then he was three for seven against the um, Raptors. So he was five for 19 from the three-point line. He shot 26% from the three, and we're expecting him to shoot 40%. He shot 40, 40% his first year he was here, then he shot 39% the second year he was here. So 26% is a small sample size through three games, but that's really bad. Then he shot 28% from the field, six for 21 from the field overall. So um, – Pretty poor for performance from Bertons. He did have a nice alley-oop to Montrez Harrell. That was probably the best play that he had all preseason, being somewhat of a playmaker. But he definitely was a dud so far through these three games. And I, I'm, I'm a Bertons supporter. I'm not one of the people <laughs> pulling out the pitchforks for Bertons, you know, because I know his, his trade value is basically zero. So I'm not, yeah. you know, I, I think he can be valuable if he is hitting shots. Yeah, Definitely. And now... Let's get into the lineups. Is there any lineups that interested you during the game? Mm-hmm. Um, I liked – it was an interesting lineup with Montrez. I, I saw a lineup with Montrez. It was Montrez, uh, Denny, Kispert, Bradley, Bill, and Bertans, and they all just spaced the floor out. And that's when Montrez Harrell got the ball at the high post at the free throw line. And he just swept through and went to the basket out of hand one. That was very interesting because um, you can just space the floor out and let Trez go to work because there's going to be games where Trez is coming off the bench. And he's going to work on, on that big. And he can put the ball on the floor and go past a guy who's seven feet. He's six foot seven. So he's already going to have that leverage against the big man and just drive past them and score easily. So I, I like that lineup. Um, of course, the starting lineup, Gafford was in there with, with, um, with Dinwiddie and Kuz and Neto. And Bertans, that was an interesting lineup as well. Um, and the starting lineup is, is cool right now. I just can't wait to see how um, when Rui comes back. The the one, the lineup that had the ball movement that we keep talking about, where Kuz hit the three, where they just kept moving the ball, moving the ball. It was Hawu Neto, Kyle Kuzma, Daniel Gafford, Denny, and Bradley Bill. So that was the five where Kuzma had that nice wide open three, where they just kept moving the ball around a perimeter. So that was a lineup that I want to see more. Of course, you got Gafford being that rim protector, and then everybody else can shoot, and then Denny's your playmaker, and Denny was playing point guard with that lineup too. So that was intriguing, just seeing Denny have have that point guard role. Yeah, and, and my lineup was going to be focusing on that Denny point guard role too. I believe the lineup was Denny, KCP, Kispert, Bradley Bill, and Gafford. And in that role, you don't have a true point guard there. So Denny, like Wes said, is getting – him more into that secondary playmaking role, which is what we all want, which is what he was comfortable doing coming out of Israel. I believe Denny just having the opportunity, as we've seen, 
him getting um, a nice snap pass to KCP for a three out of the post. Him working out of the post, finding guys, getting pick and roll opportunities. It's a beautiful thing for me to see. It's a beautiful thing for his growth in his second year because you're unlocking that potential, that next step in his game outside of being a catch-and-shoot guy when he wasn't even known coming out of Israel as a shooter. You know, you're letting him make plays. You're letting him get involved. And those are all things that I love to see. You know, when you're especially in a preseason, you're trying to get your second-year guy ready for secondary playmaking role, expanding his role coming into his second year. So I love that lineup personally. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Denny, like you had all the nails on the head. Denny's development is so important. Him being the ninth pick of the draft, um, it's going to be huge. And that's why Wes Unsell got hired because he said, you know, his interview, he said he's going to have different ways to deploy Denny. He's going to have different ways to develop Rui, different ways to get Brad off ball, handoff, dribble handoffs, just get Brad moving around. You can, you can see it through the three games. They're trying to get Brad in different spots instead of Brad just being an isolation guy. Um, I saw Brad get some open shots, but he just wasn't able to hit last last night. But he 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 definitely had some good games. He had a good game against the Knicks. And I thought he had a good game against the Rockets as well. So I'm really interested to see Wes Unsell Jr.'s way of using Denny. We do want to see Denny improve with the free throw shooting and um, dribbling with his left hand and just shooting the three. He did hit a step back three. So that was cool to see from Denny. Yes, it definitely was. And guys, we're going to wrap it up here just to hit on some minor roster moves from the Wizards. They waved Jay Huff and Jordan Shaquille. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. I apologize <laughs> for that. But Guys, once again, I want to thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Next episode, we will probably be going over a preview of the last Wizards preseason game, the Knicks. Once again, the Wizards will be playing. And now I would love for you guys to make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. He hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. So, guys, once again, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, Locked On Wizards. We will see you guys next time. Hell to the Wizards. Peace.